Our scripture for this morning comes from the book of 1 Thessalonians, chapter 2, verses 1 through 8. I'll be reading from the New Revised Standard Version. You yourselves know, brothers and sisters, that our coming to you was not in vain, but though we had already suffered and been shamefully treated, mistreated at Philippi, as you know, we had courage in our God to declare to you the gospel of God in spite of great opposition. For our appeal does not spring from deceit or impure motives or trickery, but just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the message of the gospel, even so we speak, not to please mortals, but to please God, who tests our hearts. As you know, and as God is our witness, we never came with words of flattery or with a pretext for greed, nor did we seek praise from mortals, whether from you or from others, though we might have made demands as apostles of Christ. But we were gentle among you, like a nurse, tenderly caring for her own children. So deeply do we care for you that we are determined to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves, because you have become very dear to us. The word of God for us this morning. Thanks be to God. Suffering is, is hard. It just is, isn't it? And there are all kinds of suffering. When we think about suffering, of course, we immediately think about physical suffering, you know, having an illness or a condition, something that physically keeps you from being able that to, to do the things that you want to do and to be able to function like you want to function. But there's also mental, mental suffering, stress is an example of that, right? When you have so much stress going on that you can't even think. And then there's spiritual suffering, the kind of suffering that we feel when we feel that God is somehow far away, that the, the kind of way that we feel when sometimes we pray and we just don't feel like our prayers are just quite getting there. That's spiritual suffering. And then there's suffering that comes from isolation, from being apart from those who we are normally around. The kind of suffering that we have when we are not able to see each other on a regular basis and hug each other and show each other affection in the ways that we were used to. I mean, this pandemic has caused all kinds of suffering in our lives, hasn't it? We have seen our lives turned upside down, our routines completely altered, and we have seen so many people get sick and, and some of those people have died. Many of those people had died. And so we know what suffering is. But when Paul writes here to the church in Thessalonica, he's writing about a suffering that is very particular. He's not just talking about general suffering. He's not just talking about the condition of suffering as a human trait. He's talking about the suffering that he and his, his fellow co-workers in the gospel have endured because they have wanted to share the message of Jesus Christ. He's talking about the persecution and suffering that comes on us when we decide to follow Jesus and all of a sudden things start coming against us to try to keep us from sharing that gospel. 
He says, you, you, you guys know the story. He tells them, you guys know the story. Before we came to you, we were at Philippi. And in that, at Philippi, they mistreated us terribly. They beat us. They put us in jail. They basically ran us out of town after just mistreating us terribly. And even though, even though we experienced all of this suffering, even though in our physical body we experienced beating, even though in our spiritual selves we were, we were troubled by all of this persecution and oppression, even though all of this came against us, when we came to you, we found courage in the Lord to continue to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, it takes courage to share the gospel. Because when we decide to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, we basically put a bullseye on our back, telling the enemy that we now belong to God, and he takes shots at us. I mean, for Paul, this was par for the course. He had experienced it in town after town, but he wanted the Thessalonians to understand that even though he had experienced all of this suffering in his physical, spiritual, mental, in every possible way, it had not deterred him from his desire to share Jesus Christ with them. And God had literally sent him to them so that they could know about Jesus Christ. The disciples in the book of Acts are described as bold. It is one of the key characteristics of the disciples after the resurrection and appearance of Jesus. It was a sign that they had understood that sharing the gospel was more important than protecting their earthly lives. That it was more important than, than their, their, their comfort that it was more important than them staying at home and locking themselves up. They had to be bold to declare that Jesus was raised from the dead because everybody saw him on the cross. Everybody saw him die. And it took boldness to declare that he was now alive. We have to be bold in sharing Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and we can't be ashamed of the message of the cross. But having courage in the face of suffering is not easy. It is not easy because it's very easy for us to focus on our suffering and on what we're going through and our circumstances. But the message of Jesus is simply too important for us not to share. Paul writes to them because he feels a need to explain to them to to almost defend his ministry among them. You see, when they came to them, they came not asking for anything from them, not looking to get money from them, not looking to receive from them, but rather interested in giving to them Jesus Christ. He tells them, God tested our hearts. He knew our intentions. Our intentions were pure. Our intentions were simply to give you Jesus. He says, we didn't try to deceive you with flattery or fancy words. And we all know that Paul did not worry about those things. He didn't flatter people. He told the truth. And sometimes the truth was hard to hear. But they told them the truth of the gospel. 
and they shared it freely with them. And Paul wanted them to understand all of this because Paul wasn't able to stay there very long. So once he left town, other people came in, other false teachers came in trying to take advantage of them, trying to say that Paul was just after their money or Paul was just after influence and power. And he wanted them to know that everything he had done for them was out of the love that he had for them in Jesus Christ. He says, you know what? I want you to understand just how much we care about you. We care so much about you that me and my coworkers are like nurses taking care of children. And I love that illustration because when you look at the word nurse in the original text, it's really the word for nanny or caregiver. It's really that person that took care of the children uh, and helped the parents raise them. I mean, this was not just somebody that came in for a couple hours while they went to the movies. I want to make sure you understand this. This is not just somebody that came in to do, you know, an hour or two here so the parents could get a break. The nanny back then was somebody who literally came and lived in the house with them. The the nanny became part of the family. They stayed for years, often helping the children go from, from being little babies all the way into adulthood. And so these nannies became part of the family. They treated these children as one of their own. They loved them, then they cared for them. They dressed them, they fed them, they took care of their injuries whenever they got hurt and got a scraped knee. They took care of them when they were sad and when they were happy, they rejoiced with them. They were there through the ups and through the downs. And what Paul is saying is that they had been like this for the church that they loved them with that kind of love. Paul was saying, well, you have become like family to us. And we have cared for you and we have shared with you the gospel, but not only the gospel, my co-workers and I have given ourselves to you. We are at your disposal. We are here for your benefit so that you might grow up to the stature of Christ. Nannies took care of a lot of the instruction in the household. They really helped those children to mature and to grow. And so in a way, what Paul was saying is, you are all children of God, but guess what? God sent me to be your nanny. God has sent me to take care of you, to help you grow up, to be like Jesus. God has sent me to help you to be able to follow in his example. God has sent me to be able to build you up in the faith and help you to believe that he is the Lord. And this is just how much Paul and his, and his co-workers cared for the people of this church. They were, they were almost like his children And he was like their spiritual nanny. There's a concept for you. So next time you think about me, you can just think about me as your spiritual nanny. Because in a way, I can relate to what Paul is saying. As pastors, we deeply care for you as God's children. We deeply care for your well-being in every possible way, physical, mental, spiritual. We care and love you because God loves you and God has entrusted us to help you to grow 
to know him and to love him and to believe in him. And what is amazing to me when I really think about this example and this illustration that Paul gives them is that he literally only spent a few weeks with them and he was able to develop that kind of love for them. So I want you to put that into context. What does that mean for your pastor and for other pastors who have been serving in a congregation for years? I have to tell you that our love for you only grows more and more over time. That we care for you so deeply that we give ourselves to you in service of the Lord. When Paul reflects on this, he really lets them know that all of this is not so that people can pat him on the back and go, you're such a good nanny. It's not so that people can flatter him and say, you know, you're such a good caregiver. But it is so that they will know Jesus and the power of his resurrection, that they will know the power of the gospel in their lives, and that he has not done it to please people. He has not done it so that people can agree with him. He has done it for the purpose of sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. His love for the people came from the love of God that he had already experienced. And I think that this should be true for you and for me as well. Our love needs to draw from the love that God has shown us. And I want to tell you right now that whatever suffering you are going through, whatever pain you are going through, whatever loss you are going through, God is loving you right now in the middle of that circle. And I care for you. Our love for people should come from that source, from God himself and his son, Jesus Christ. We always love them because God loved them first. But I want you to think about yourself as a nanny. Think about the tender care that a nanny shows for the children. Or they're supposed to show, not all of them are great, right? Some of them can be tough. Well, Paul could be tough at times. But think about yourself as a nanny and think about the gentleness because Paul says, I came to you not harshly, but in gentleness, in gentleness to share this gospel. And I came in love so that you would know Jesus Christ. So I want you to think about yourself as a nanny to those around you who around you right now is going through suffering who around you right now is going through difficulties? Who around you needs to hear a word of encouragement or a scripture verse that will remind them that they are children of God? Who around you needs to know that somebody cares and loves them? When you identify those around you that are going through these things, be a nanny to them. Be a spiritual nanny. Pray for them. Talk to them. Give them a word of encouragement from Scripture. Remind them that, that God is there for them, that they can talk to their Heavenly Father. Remind them that Jesus Christ died for them on the cross so that they would not have to bear these difficulties. 
People become very dear to us when they come to Christ because they become part of the family and, and we begin to see them as brothers and sisters in Christ. But the reality is that God wants to continue to grow the family. He wants us to continue to seek out those who are hurting, those who are suffering, those who are going through troubled times to remind them that Jesus is there for them. He wants us to invite them to be part of the family. And he wants us as spiritual nannies to be gentle and loving and caring for them as we share the truth of Jesus Christ. You might say that's just too hard to do. We're COVID and we're locked down and there's so many things we can't do. Do you have a phone? Can you call somebody? Can you text somebody? Can you email somebody? Can you meet socially distanced from somebody and say a prayer for them? There are many ways in which we can continue to share Jesus Christ, even in the middle of this pandemic. And I want to encourage you as a spiritual nanny to those around you to look for those ways and to make use of those ways. Somebody out there needs you right now to be that caring support to help them through their suffering. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this word. I thank you for Paul's love for this church and for all his churches. I thank you that he cared so much that he was willing to undergo all kinds of suffering and, and adversity and opposition in order to share with them the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Help us, Lord, to be as bold as Paul was, to tell people, oh Lord, that Jesus is right here for them, that they're not alone in their suffering or their pain, and that we are there with them as well. Help us, Lord, to just know that whenever we share you, you go with us, ahead of us, behind us, and next to us to support us. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.